Hello, and welcome to Christ Fellowship of Elizabeth. We're so happy that you decided to join us today. This is the teaching podcast from our Sunday worship service, recorded at the Liberty Center in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Our goal as a church is to love God, make disciples, and change the world. We hope that this message inspires you and helps to lead you deeper in your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy. Hello, Christ Fellowship. Good morning. How's everyone doing today? I want to once again uh, wish a happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are here and that are joining us via live stream. I was looking uh, during the week for a video or something, and I couldn't find a video to convey a message to the fathers today. And that message, I believe, is that you matter. You matter in our homes. You matter in our children's lives. You matter in our communities. You matter in our church. You matter to the kingdom of God, and you matter to God. And I pray today that God would bless you and that he would continue leading you, fathers. Happy Father's Day. Last week, Pastor Carlos taught on the book of Jeremiah, and we learned a couple of things about uh, Jeremiah. We learned that his ministry spanned over 40 years. Jeremiah was a heartbroken prophet that shared an extremely difficult message. And not only was that message difficult, the people did not want to hear it. Jeremiah walked in and the people turned and walked away. They did not want to hear what Jeremiah had to say. In those 40 years of his ministry, we learned that no one repented. No one listened to the message that Jeremiah had. And he was known as a weeping prophet. He saw, he knew what was going to happen to, the, to Jerusalem. And he saw the destruction with his own eyes. And he was torn by what was going to happen and what was happening. Now, how many of us have ever felt like the whole world was falling apart right in front of our very eyes? You receive a tragic message your family falls apart, or all your friends disappear just when you need them the most. Sometimes life feels like a battle, and you feel like you're losing every single day. This was the experience of Jeremiah. He was a prophet to the nation of Israel during one of the most difficult events in their history, the first destruction of Jerusalem. The Babylonians, they were on a war path. This evil empire violently rampaged through the city, destroying everything in its path. And when they arrived in Jeremiah's hometown of Jerusalem, their pillaging was paused. And it wasn't paused because there was remorse or they felt bad at what was happening. It's because there were walls. The bloodthirsty armies were unable to overtake Jerusalem due to the stone fortresses that surrounded the city. So they made a plan to use those walls as weapons. The Babylonian army sealed up the entrances and exits before throwing explosives over the city walls. Like ancient bombs, like fireballs, 
turned a thriving city into a full-fledged furnace. Explosion after explosion, homes burst into flames and people burned alive. The Babylonians cremated an entire city. Jeremiah was out in the wilderness and noticed smoke rising on the horizon, and he ran towards the hills to look down into the valley, and his heart skipped a beat when he laid eyes on his hometown. Jerusalem was burning to the ground, and smoke was in the air. Now, how many of us remember two weeks ago when we walked out doors, and all of a sudden it was like, what is that smell in the air? And it just got worse. The next day it was orange. And you could smell it everywhere you went. And you looked out and you're wondering, what is going on? That's something similar. That's what Jeremiah was looking at. But he could hear the screams of his friends and family. He could smell the death and devastation. The tragic reality hit him as he thought, my life is never going to be the same. The weeping prophet collapses on his knees and cries out to God. And during this moment, he wrote the book of Lamentations. That is what we're going to talk about today. The Hebrew people simply call this book Isha, which translates to how. The ultimate question is, how could God let something like this happen? How? Each chapter in this book is a poem designed to help the Jewish people make sense of their suffering. Now, we may not be able to relate to a city burning down to the ground in front of us, but there are probably situations in our lives or tragedies that we have been through, that we're encountering, that felt like everything was burning down and getting destroyed around us. Our homes were just a mess. Our families, what happened to them? What is going on? We have all asked the same question of God, how? How did God let this happen to me? How did God let this happen to my family? How can I carry on despite the rejection, the neglect, and the sorrow? How? How can so many bad things be happening in this world all at the same time? How? We have all experienced a loss or moments of hopelessness, sadness, despair, or remorse. We've all been there at some point in our lives. And today I want to highlight three steps to help us process the pain and the hardships, those how moments that we encounter. And they're all found in the book of Lamentations. So we're going to go to Lamentations 3. 19 and 20, if you have your Bibles with you, please turn there. Lamentations 3, 19, 20 says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I will remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Jeremiah makes it crystal clear when he writes, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I will remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Now that word gall there, it's a bitter poisonous herb. 
And what Jeremiah is describing here is a very bad constitution and disposition of not only his mind, but his heart. He's in a dark place. His soul and his mind, they're just bitter. He is in serious pain. He is what sometimes we say to one another, we are wrecked. He is wrecked at what is going on. And the first point that I want to highlight is that we need to admit the pain. The weeping prophet admitted his affliction that made him feel disturbed. He admits it. He's not just hurt, he's bitter. And it's refreshing to see this kind of emotional honesty and vulnerability in Scripture. This doesn't look like an upbeat song of celebration. It's a heartbreaking poem about tragedy. And Jeremiah lays it all out there. There's no attempt to sugarcoat his situation because he is suffering and he is bitter with anguish. We often refuse to admit it hurts when we confront pain and we choose to sometimes ignore it. Some of us say, you know, we grew up with that, ah, suck it up and get over it, move on and keep going. Sometimes we want to just push past it without acknowledging and admitting the pain in our lives. Sometimes we run from it, medicate ourselves with drugs or alcohol or food or relationships just to numb the pain because we don't want to acknowledge it or admit it. But we can learn a lot from Jeremiah. We need to learn to fight that urge. Swallowing pain makes you so sick. Eventually, we're going to have to deal with it one way or the other. Don't ignore it. Honestly, grieve your pain because you grow when you grieve. So admit the pain that you're enduring or that you have endured. Admit it. If you were to read the whole book of Lamentations, the first two and a half chapters would be absolutely depressing. It's just question after question and doubt after doubt. It's really tough to read. However, something amazing happens in the middle of this short book. Despite all the darkness on these pages, some light breaks through in verse 21. This simple verse acts as a hinge of hope. Jeremiah cries out the name of God. And through tears, he says in Lamentations 3, verses 21 through 22. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love. Which brings us to my second point, which is bring it to God. Admit it and then bring it to God. Where does Jeremiah find hope? In the name of God. Despite all the pain, God's name still shifts his mindset. When he cries out to God, the prophet is overwhelmed by the goodness of God. This doesn't change his surroundings. Nothing has changed around him. Nothing at all. But it does give context to his suffering. We should follow the prophet's process. Even when things seem grim, call out to God. There is power in his name. There is peace 
in his nature. When you don't have the words, proclaim the name of God. There are moments where there are no words. I don't know if you've been there. I've been there. There are no words. There's nothing left to say. You've said it. You've asked it. There are no words. But there is the ability to proclaim the name of God. The name of God is a hinge of hope, bridging the gap of what is bad to who is good. Bring your hurt to God. It can be hard to do this, but invite him into the process. We read in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. If you're broken today, God promises to be close to you. Bring your brokenness to God and allow him to help you put the pieces back together. Jeremiah concludes that he can have hope. It's not because his situation has changed. It's not because he discovered a time machine that fast forwards him and gets him out of that situation. It's not because, as some of us wish, it was a bad dream. Jeremiah can have hope because he knows that God is good. Jeremiah is making a proactive choice to consider the good that can come from his conflict. Whenever we face pain, we should look for glimpses of goodness. Which brings me to my third point. Consider the good. It's hard to do when you're right in the thick of it. And we need to take a moment and pause to consider the good in whatever we're facing. It means that in every struggle, there is good that God can bring out of it. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What you are going through isn't good. What you may be going through right now, it's not good. But that doesn't mean God cannot bring good from it. Look for the positive ways God can use your pain. He can use it to allow you to help others. He can use it to reveal your resilience. You never would have known how strong you were until you went through what you went through. He can leverage your situation to make you stronger. Whatever you're going through, consider the good outcomes that may arise from it. And we can sum up this passage with a simple principle that I want you to repeat with me. Life is hard, but God is good. Life is hard, but God is good. Amen. When life is hard, when you get that phone call that someone you loved has passed away, when you get that call that something has happened to your child, when you show up at work and you get a notice that it's your last day of work, when life hits you, remember that God is good. Because of his goodness, he will see you through this. 
God will refuse to let you get stuck in suffering. One of the most famous Bible verses I think many of us know is Psalm 23, verse 4. And it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God will bring you through it. God is in the business of redeeming rough circumstances. See your struggles through the lens of salvation. God may use your pain to help others. God may use your experiences to make you stronger. God may give you a testimony that helps change someone else's life. Because of God's goodness, he will see you through this. When life feels like a storm and your experiences feel like they're taking you under, what do you cling to? What are you clinging to? We're going to learn a little bit today about sea otters. I don't know if you know anything about them, but we have a, a little picture of a cute sea otter. They're adorable. I think I have one more. They like, look, they're waving at you. Hello, happy Father's Day. They're so cute and playful. They swim together. They play together. They hunt together. Sea otters are pack animals, which means they depend on each other for survival. And this is especially important during storms that make the water rush beneath them. Sea otters do something interesting. They sleep while floating on top of the water. And to prevent themselves from getting separated or isolated from their families, they sleep holding hands. That was the last one right here. I don't know if you could see it, but they sleep holding hands, holding on to each other. That is so cute, right? It's adorable. But it's not just a cute practice. It's essential for their survival. They cling together in order to survive the storms that they face. Let's read Lamentations 3, verses 22 to 24. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The prophet Jeremiah wrote these words while writing Lamentations. In part one, we discussed that Jeremiah's entire life burned down before his eyes. From the hills outside of Jerusalem, he watches with horror as the Babylonians set fire to his city, his friends and his family. Life was never going to be the same again. Life was not going to be normal right? We kind of can relate a little bit to that. We go back a couple of years, beginning of 2020 and where we are today, and life is not the same. Things have changed. So he mourned and lamented while writing this book. He wanted to give his people poems to help them process the utter devastation they experienced. And while the verses we just read seem happy and upbeat, They are in stark contrast to the rest of the book. This little passage shines 
It shines like a diamond in the rough. It's a glimmer of light in the middle of a mess. What's the reason for this surprisingly optimistic passage? He began reflecting on the nature of God in the previous verse, and this acted like a hinge of hope. After proclaiming the name of God, his perspective began to shift. And what did Jeremiah cling to during this crisis? What did he cling to? He started to cling to God's character. Much like sea otters cling to each other to survive the storms, we need to cling to God's character when we face our storms. When life is uncertain, God is steady. When you feel abandoned, he is close. When you feel unlovable or unloved, he loves you. When friends fall away, he is with you. When life is hard, God is good. Here are three powerful truths that Jeremiah clung to as he pushed through the pain. He clung to God's love is everlasting. In Lamentations 3.22, Jeremiah celebrates the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. The Hebrew word here, has said is defined as loyal love. This is the kind of love that will fight for you, go to bat for you, and take a bullet for you. This is not what we see in Hallmark movies when there is this love story and you see, oh, and they fall in love in the googly eyes. This is not that kind of love. This is the kind of love, and I think parents here can relate to this, that we have over our children's. When someone does something to our children, we are ready to pounce. Or when someone does something to our loved ones, we're ready to knock you out, right? This is the kind of love, the love that parents have for their children, that soldiers have for the nation when they go to fight and defend our nation, that kind of love, except it's multiplied by billions more. It's not some fluffy Valentine's kind of love. I love you. Oh, I love you today. Maybe not tomorrow. It's not like that. It's a fight for you kind of love. And that is how God loves you. God's love is everlasting because of the cross. Jesus didn't just die for your sin. He died for you. Not just our sin. He died for everyone sitting here today. Everyone listening through our live stream, he died for you. He saw that your relationship was damaged, so he took on the death you deserve to save you and to save me. That is sacrificial love. Jesus wanted to protect you so badly that he took on the suffering of your sin with his own body to make it happen. His sacrifice ensured you would spend forever with him. That's a life-changing love. Cling to his everlasting love. The second thing is, God's mercy is massive. Jeremiah celebrates that God's mercies never come to an end in Lamentations 3, 22. Mercy is translated from the word raha, 
This word is closely related to the word for womb. It speaks to God's compassion for you. And I love the contrast here. We just looked at God's warrior-like love, his everlasting love, warrior-kind love. And it's positioned now right next to his mother-like compassion for you. Let's imagine for a moment your child or a loved one goes through an unexpected breakup that's filled with scarring statements, broken promises. God's mother-like raha, compassion, is consoling him or her through that hurt, while God's father-like has said is in the trunk going to find that person that hurt your child and hurt them. That's what we're talking about here. They're positioned right next to each other. God's warrior-like love next to his mother-like compassion. Jeremiah says that God's mercy is new every single morning. One is comforting you and the other one is fighting for you. When the sun rises, God downloads more mercy into your heart. And it will be enough to get you through that day. God's mercies are new every morning, not just on Sundays, every morning. God's mercy will help you overcome whatever life throws at you. God's got this. The mercy he has given you will get you through. Cling to God's mercy. And lastly, God's faithfulness will get you through. Imagine being in Jeremiah's position. He's dehydrated from all the tears. He's numb from all the pain. He's in shock from what he's watching unfold before his eyes. And while watching the devastation, he starts talking about the promises of God. His shaking pen scribbles Lamentations 3.23. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope, whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. And with tears in his eyes, he knows that God is on his side. The Lord is your portion. The Bible doesn't claim that God gives you everything you need. God is everything you need. Did you catch that? God is everything that you and I need. What's true for Jeremiah is true for you. God is faithful. When your city is burning to the ground, God is faithful. When your life is falling apart, God is faithful. When you feel alone and abandoned, God is faithful. When you bury a loved one, God is faithful. Whatever situation you're going through, whatever you may have gone through this past week, this past month, God is 
faithful. I don't know where you are on your journey here today. I don't know what life has thrown at you lately. But right here, right now, this moment, I want us to take a moment to acknowledge where we are. I want everyone sitting here to close their eyes. Do you need to admit the pain that you've experienced or that you're currently experiencing? I want to give you a moment to think about that pain. Maybe you've been holding on to that pain for so long, thinking that you can do it all on your own, carrying it because maybe you feel God can't deal with it. Maybe you're too ashamed to bring it to him. Maybe you feel so strong like you can do it all on your own. And I'm here to tell you, we can't do it on our own. We need to bring it to God. And if that's you, I want to give you a moment to bring whatever it is to God. Or maybe you need God to show you to consider the good in this season. We may not know why we're in the season that we're in, but man, we're in it. And we need to consider the good in this season. As this song is playing, I want you to stand up right where you are. Take time to reflect. This is your moment. When we walk out of these doors, life continues. This is our time with God. I want you to take that moment right now and reflect where you are in this process and give it to God. You can come forward. You can surrender it to God. We will have pastors and elders here to pray with you because we can't do this alone. We need each other. So take this moment and give it to God. Father God, we thank you, Lord, and we come before you today, Lord, surrendering our hearts to you, giving you everything that we are going through, Lord God. Those tough moments, those hurts, Lord God, I pray for every broken heart in this room today. I pray, my Lord, that we would give it to you and allow you to use it, Lord God. Allow you to heal it, Lord God. Allow you to bring out the good in that circumstance, Lord God. I pray, my Lord, that we would cling to your everlasting love, Father God, that we would cling to your mercies, Lord God, that are new every single day, Lord God. Father God, that we would cling to you as our anchor, Lord God. 
I thank you, Lord, and I praise you. I pray, my Lord, that we would walk with you today and this week, understanding that everything we need is in you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you. Christ Fellowship of Elizabeth is a Christian community whose mission is to love God, make disciples, and change the world. You can learn all about us by visiting cfofelizabeth.com. We meet each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. at the Liberty Center in Elizabeth, as well as at various times throughout the week. If you'd like to see a video recording of the full worship service this teaching came from, you can watch on demand on our YouTube channel, and you can join us live online every week by visiting cfofelizabeth.live. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. See you next time.